Hello everyone. It gives me immense pleasure to welcome you back to People Matters exclusive Pride at Work podcast series in partnership with Pride Circle. I am Bhavna Sareen, your host for this conversation. In episode 1 of the series, we spoke at length about mobilizing and gamifying allyship. Today, we will be discussing yet another interesting theme: benchmarking and metrics for LGBT+ inclusion. Joining us in today's episode is Prachi Rastogi, BNI leader, APAC, IBM, and we also have with us co-founder of Pride Circle, Ram Krishna Sinha, who was recently honored as Nielsen IQ India's Inclusion Icon 2022. Hi, Prachi. Hi, Ram. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. So happy to be here, sharing the space with you. Super excited to be here, and thank you for having me. Excited to have you with us, Prachi and Ram. Now, for our listeners joining us for the first time in this six-part exclusive Pride at Work series, we talk about the multifaceted journey of LGBT plus inclusion at the workplace. Our key focus for today's conversation is around identifying and mapping progress in LGBT plus inclusion at the workplace through benchmarking and metrics. Now, we have a very interesting discussion ahead of us. So, without any further ado, let's begin. My first question is. LGBT plus inclusion comes with its unique set of challenges. One of them is being a largely invisible minority. How does one truly measure the scale of the issue and the impact of the solution? Ram, would you like to share your thoughts first? Sure. I think that's the first point to look at. That it's an invisible minority, and that is one of the reasons why it gets dismissed a lot. That we don't have an issue, so why are we fixing it, right? A lot of companies feel like, oh, we don't have any LGBT employees, we don't have any LGBT customers, so this is not something we need to look at. Um, but if you look at data and metrics from around the world, early estimates started with three to five percent of the population, and now if we look at recent data, there are. 16% of Gen Z population identifies as non-heterosexual, so that's the staggering number to look at, uh, and that's the population we're talking about, and that is just accepting reality what the world around is. We can't be delusional about it, right? So it's not a number that you can dismiss off, and even with the smallest of number, I think as organizations, it is very important that we build a safe and inclusive space for everyone, irrespective of how many people fall in that bucket. Trans and non-binary people are four times more likely to suicide ideation compared to the rest of the population. There's documented evidence that there's 30% and more loss of productivity when LGBT people are not themselves at the workplace. There's also data point that comes from a wonderful research around covering that says that 75 to 80 percent of LGBT people report covering at the workplace, and covering is a common phenomenon across the spectrum. Uh, but this is the highest amount when we look at. Uh, The amount that LGBT people go through. Then there's also data on direct impact to business. Like there's a report from BCG in the center that says that people who face discrimination are 13 times more likely to have quit a company because of the culture. They're seven times more likely to decline a job offer because of the culture of the company. So I think uh, while in India or at spaces where we don't have very clear, incisive data point, we feel like this is not a problem and we don't need to really look into it but there is clear precedence in spaces where there is more openness and better laws that easier self id and more people are open to participate and talk about these aspects and i think india or any other region will not be an exception in terms of the population data if not better it'd be worse because of the laws because of social stereotype so i think it is important to navigate this with the information we have from spaces where we can collect data and also invest in spaces where we want data points from that would be my take 
I think from a corporate point of view, even before we start measuring data or looking at the numbers, I think it's really important for each corporate, every change maker who wants to really take a step towards LGBTQ plus inclusion is to make the environment inclusive enough even before you start hiring me. And the reason clearly is that once you have an inclusive environment, it'll be easy not only to hire people from the community, but also retain them. So, for example, its first step is to get your, let's say, gender-neutral bathrooms. I'm just giving a very transactional example. But if you don't train your, let's say, housekeeping staff for it, your people will still face a lot of bias. If you don't train your managers on how to engage with people from the LGBTQ plus community or get ready to create an environment where people from the community can actually take on decision-making roles, managerial roles, it will become really a lip service and when something starts with a lip service, it doesn't stay for long. So data is extremely important. Just take a step back, create an environment which is welcoming for the community, and then start looking at data. And then you start seeing how many people, uh, let's say, are comfortable coming out. Or, or, and more than people from the community coming out, I think it's really important that how many allies are coming out from your company. The moment you see allies coming out in any organization, people from the community will find it much easier to come out and not hide. There's been so much dialogue and movement towards driving inclusion. There are certain challenges that leaders have encountered. And of course, the lack of data being one of the biggest obstacles there to drive inclusion. So what are some challenges you think that leaders must be prepared to tackle as they adopt a data-oriented approach towards enhancing LGBT plus inclusion at work? Very good question, Bhavna. You see, it's a mix of data and, and the policies and programs in the environment you can create. And that's not just about the corporate world. That's just about any circle you're in. That you, we can't in this age ignore data completely. Whether you're a technology company or not, it doesn't really matter. So you, we will certainly look at data. We will certainly see what is the progress of all the measures that we are taking for LGBTQ plus inclusion. So, for example, it's really important for, for us at IBM to see how many people are really self-declaring themselves on a self-identification tool as that they are from the community, which is which is still confidential unless they want to be completely out that they are from the community. But at least we are taking a step, seeing what the health of the organization looks like from LGBTQ plus inclusion. The second is from a data perspective, go to organizations like Pride Circle. And even though we are a company which started our equal opportunity policy with sexual orientation and identity in 1953, it doesn't really matter. We're not taking that for granted at all. Last year, our neck was on the line with Pride Circle and we were in the list. We were thoroughly sort of checked on the policies programs uh, by the Pride Circle team. And that gave us a lot of learnings because you don't have to take your legacy for granted. You stand on that and, and do things ahead. That is number two for data. Third is external eminence. Don't, as an organization or as a leader, just keep looking inward and say, I'm not discriminating. So let me just keep quiet about it. It's time to be bold as an ally come out, face the systemic bias in the world outside. Because ultimately, any organization is a microcosm of the world that we're living in. Things have to start from home. Things have to start when I'm sitting at a dining table and somebody says a homophobic comment. And that is where I need to get up and say, you know, interesting. Why did you say that? If I don't have the guts to do that, I'm not really doing my job well. 
So this is number three on data. Now put the data aside for a second, because if we if we just go anal about data, even that will not serve the purpose, because it has to be seen as something in leaders which wells up from within. Inclusion doesn't have to be pushed down their throat. And that is why it's important to give it time, to give it patience, to make sure that leaders understand that it's for their benefit, it's for our benefit as an organization, as a society, that we become inclusive for all genders. And that takes time. That needs a lot of awareness. That needs a lot of shaking people. So a mix of data and the uh, and the environment employee experience around is what we go for. Pratya, a couple of things stood out for me now. You know, one aspect, of course, about being bolder allies, where you're not just talking about allyship at the workplace, but actually recognizing that in each and every conversation. It's not about just, you know, categorizing or segmenting these conversations at the workplace. We need to engage in these conversations, be it at work, be it at home. You're not coming out as an ally just at the workplace. If you're an ally, you're an ally everywhere. And the entire aspect around acknowledging the need to review and learn. So, you know, investing time and efforts into understanding where are you biased are your practices biased instead of saying i do not discriminate actually get a dni consultancy on board understand am i actually not discriminating against anyone or do my policies say otherwise speaking about benchmarking tools and data ram my next question is for you do you think there are currently any industry tools that have been successful in benchmarking best practices for queer inclusion at work yes before i jump into that i also want to call out that when we talk about measuring data, a lot, many times people get obsessed with one single question, that is, how many out LGBT people are there in the organization? And I think that's unfair and a very short-sighted to look at just one data point, because when you talk about building a culture of inclusion, it's not just about one aspect of the workplace. It's about a thousand things we do as a company to look at everything with a lens of inclusion and tweak when need be. So that's a very limited viewpoint. I think there are multiple other measurable points, and that brings me to the answer of India Workplace Equality Index. This is a collaboration we did with Stonewall and Keshav Suri Foundation. Stonewall has been running workplace equality index for more than 15 years now and we partnered with them so that we could bank on that expertise of 15 years uh, to build something for india which is localized and understands where the country is in terms of legal framework social status all of that ib started in 2020 in a covid year and then it's still with that turbulent take off because of being the disruption to the world so in the first year of its launch i think it's come a long way multiple things i just want to quickly talk about how this is really impactful because it doesn't look at just number of out employees it has nine sections from policies and benefits all the way to supplier diversity something which very few organizations are even aware that that is an area of work you can involve in to support lgbt entrepreneurs from employer resource group to policies and benefits to having out allies. As Prachi said, it's not just out LGBT people we're looking at. We're also looking at allies for the community and out allies in leadership positions, right? Uh, it also measures that avenues the and the initiative the company is taking to not just hire LGBT talent, but how are they building the talent pipeline? How are you building a culture of inclusion? What are the avenues you're creating for your non-LGBT employees to become aware about this topic and become vocal allies? So there's a plethora of metrics and this is all of this is evidence-based. As organizations make a submission, they have to provide evidence of the work they're doing. So in that way, it becomes very genuine. It becomes very holistic. And based on this, there's a score given to the company, which is confidential for the organization. But they do get a band of a bronze, silver, or gold top employer, which becomes a very 
wonderful way of celebrating organizations for the work they're doing in the space. And as Praji said, this is not something, a checklist that happens one short time. This is a journey. And they had the non-discrimination policy for sexual orientation way back. And they're still pushing the bar by continuously looking at what are the things we're doing as an organization? What can we do more? They're looking at hiring LGBT people in leadership positions and various other avenues of work. So this doesn't stop. This is not something that will get done in two years. This is how the way we work. It's important that whichever metric organization uses to measure their own internal work or external framework, it should be holistic and it should have aspirational spaces of work that they can continue to build on. And that is what we're trying to do with IV. And this is two years we have done and we had seen 72 companies participate last year. And one thing that I saw was the average score of IV submissions increased by seven points. And that is phenomenal because that shows that Though we started measuring for such a small duration, India Inc. has made a difference. India Inc. collectively has pushed the bar inclusion in terms of getting better policies, having starting ERGs. And I think that is a phenomenal data point to look at. So that really shows that companies are making a difference. They are pushing forward and there is tangible change that is happening in the ecosystem. That's an interesting data point that you just shared with us, Ram, around you know, the improvement of that seven percentage points in the IV score. And that is where data really comes in handy to actually understand where the progress has been made, what to focus on. It's a journey and it's a relatively new space even now, despite all these years of conversation. And I think change makers often find themselves in a little chaotic space of not being able to understand where to begin. Should they focus on representation? Should they focus on sensitizing? Should they focus on policies? And there is so much that every organization is doing in their own journey because every organization is different. They have their own driving purpose. They have their own agendas to take care of. So it's not a one shoe size fits all. So what would your advice be for change makers who are struggling with getting the right data to accelerate progress? Where should they start and what do you think they should look for? Raji, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Right, Bhavna. As you were speaking, you know, somehow the image that came to my mind was that if I want birds in my balcony, what will I do? Will I just go after birds and catch them and get them to my balcony? Or maybe I'll just put some water there and maybe some food there for them. And the right sort of environment, maybe some plants, and they will come just on their own. You know, that's a very basic example. But the real thing is that if you make an environment inclusive enough, even if you have zero people from the LGBTQ plus community, even then an organization can take a decision to have the right policies, which are gender neutral, which are inclusive, have gender neutral bathrooms, have the right policies of even having medical insurance for same-sex partners, and then popularize it. That even though we don't yet look at data, we don't know if if we have people from the community, but here is what we're doing for the community and we invite people. And you think, do you think people will join them or not? Yes, they will join them. Definitely will join. So if as as an organization, you only want people from the LGBTQ plus community just to look good because you have 10 people who are from the community, you know, that's very short-sighted. That's like just to show others that you're doing well. But uh, a company which is of depth will do things because it's the right thing to do. So being inclusive is a business imperative. But before that, it's a human imperative. All you're doing is you making sure that you are in, being inclusive of all genders. And of course, that makes full business sense. As Ram just said, 60% of the Gen Z population has confirmed themselves as non-heterosexual. What more do we need? It is making such business sense. But then even before that, even if I don't have anybody from the community, I will still go ahead. If I'm just starting as an organization, I will still go ahead, have the right policies, make sure my gender affirmation surgery policy is in place, make sure 
my same-sex partner, benefits are in place. And then when I market it, then when I tell people in the right forums that I already have this, all my managers, my leaders are already sensitized. Why is it important? How is it important to hire people from the LGBTQ plus community? How do I engage with them? People will join because at the end of the day, we all want to just be accepted for what we are. As long as I don't have to hide that I actually went on vacation with my girlfriend while you were all in a heterosexual setup. If I don't have to hide that, why wouldn't I like to be in your company? Ram, would you like to share your thoughts on this? Sure. I think um, if you, because you're talking about data, I think uh, very recently Airbnb CEO said that it's remote work from home and there are 8 million hits they got on the careers page. That's data. People want work-life balance. People want work to be a part of their life where they enjoy working with their colleagues, where they don't have to hide, where they don't have to pretend they're someone else and constantly worry about censoring certain aspects about their life. Like, am I saying the right things? Am I being too gay in my dressing? Am I being too effeminate in my walk? Every time they're censoring so much and all that bandwidth is being lost. Like Prachi said, if I went... On the weekend with my girlfriend, I should be able to share that with my colleagues. Like they talk about their kids and their partners and everything else that they are doing. It's just very basic human connection. So while we talk about uh, it's difficult to measure, there's a ton of data points to look at if you're looking at the right places with the right intention. And this is not about the two LGBT people you have at your workplace that you're trying to do something for, but you're doing it a favor to your own organization if you want to be a relevant company. That, hey, when we talk about DI as a larger scope, it's all about every individual feeling that they belong here and they're able to do their best work. That's the whole purpose of DEI. And I think that's a wonderful example, Praji said, like when you want birds to come to your balcony, you just get the right environment. It's the same with people. You build a culture, you set up the right framework of policies and benefits, you ensure that all your employees are covered and are treated equally and are provided the right opportunities because that's the expectation. I think gone are the days where people just look at the salary component of while choosing a company people want to work in space there where they're celebrated their ideas are heard they are welcome they don't have to self-censor and forget the aspect of individual entity about sexuality and gender which is very deep and ingrained even aspects of what does the company think about climate change for people that is also becoming important that is this aligned or not? Uh, does this organization share my values or not? I would say this is crucial that organizations try to understand how the dynamic of workforce is changing, how this generation, what they expect from the workplace, right? You have seen the massive resignation wave going around the world. Those are data points to look at if you look at the macro picture here. And specifically around, we want to get started and how do we measure, what do we start with? Uh, what are the few things we can do and how do we know whether we're going the right direction? There's a wonderful DI community in India and around where people are more than happy to help each other because this is about collective push, right? This is about making a better workplace for all of us. We also facilitate multiple opportunities for companies to connect through roundtables and other avenues. We also publish a lot of resources and guides for companies to pick up from, like there's one on trans and non-binary inclusion. Pick it up. It's available. Read through, understand, seek support. There's a wonderful ecosystem that is available that would help every individual and organization to come through with this just you have to raise your hand and ask for it we are in a world where the di community is very giving and there are multiple roadmaps benchmarks available to get started with
I think listening to both of your inputs right now to this particular question, one thing that's come up again and again is the lack of understanding around what does data really mean. And many companies, I think, still continue to sit on the fence when it comes to LGBT plus inclusion at the workplace. So what would your advice be for these companies? Prats, would you like to go first? My advice for these companies would be that uh, data, as I said earlier, data is extremely important and absolutely can't be ignored. And I totally agree with Ram when he says that data can't just be how many people are out in the organization. Also look at people who are trained to sort of engage with people from the community. Now, training is one thing. Train people on how to engage with LGBTQ plus community or or to just understand people from the community. A lot of people come to uh, us in the DNI team uh, within IBM that we would like to learn. We'd like to be allies. Can you train us? And people have such innocent, basic questions about the community members. And it's really important that a company creates an environment where people don't feel shy or don't feel stupid asking those simple questions. And that is the first step. The other step is while these policies programs you are implementing, also make sure that it becomes a business imperative from an executive point of view in the sense that your senior most leadership should be accountable. So that would clearly mean that their skin is at the game. What I mean by that is that their incentives, their goals have to have DNI in there. So it can't just be talk. It has to be written in your senior most executive's goals. You know, somewhere you have to put it down on paper. It, if it doesn't get measured, it'll be very difficult. I don't, again, mean that you push inclusion down the throats of people. But at the end of the day, if it's a business imperative, you need to make sure it's measured. You need to make sure that people are responsible for it. If, you, if we just keep it in the air saying, okay, it's a human imperative and let it happen on its own, it'll take 100 more years and it may not happen. It's an intelligent thing to do. If it's an intelligent thing to do for the business, let's make it happen and it'll happen. And same is with the other marginalized cohorts too. Look at women, look at people with disabilities. It's absolutely the same. Now we've started doing a little more work for women as an industry, as a country worldwide. So you see that the number of women in senior positions are increasing. Okay, a very small percent, but at least it's it's increasing again. You see more women taking on managerial roles. Why? Because people have their attention on it. So you need to get your leaders' attention and make sure that if they do not have people from the diverse communities in their team, it needs to somewhere hurt them, at least at the top. And that is what I will say. It may just sound very tough, but at the end of the day, every company has to see what mix works for them. But it has to work both ways. Train people, tell people why is it important to be inclusive. Then make sure that you have the right external evidence outside. You start hiring people. You have the right environment at work. And at the same time, leaders have to take responsibility. It can't be just an HR run agenda. If it is an HR run agenda, then business leaders are going to give give it a lip service. And if business leaders will give lip service to it, then nothing will happen. People from the community, first, they will not get hired at senior roles. If they get hired, they'll not get promoted. Even if they're in the company, many will leave. So we have to sort of face this challenge from all perspectives, or we have to sort of attack this problem from all sides. All these conversations sometimes make us also very tough in the sense that if I'm educated on inclusion a little bit more than you, then I start feeling that, oh, you know, she doesn't know a thing about inclusion. It is not shaming other people who know a little less. It is about holding their hands and bringing them there. 
it's about being a little warm being a little curious with them hey you said that why did you say that you know tell me more about it i'm so curious that you said that this here job can cannot be done by lgbtq person i'm really interested to know more about it and then really help get equipped with it instead of shaming the other person saying oh my god you said that i mean i don't believe this which era are you living in so there are two different approaches you know shaming the other person telling the other person no oh, you don't know anything about what's going on in the world versus saying oh interesting we could talk about it that's a really interesting approach and i think very much needed in today's context prachit you know when you talk about it's one thing to be an ally but another thing to understand okay how is this conversation going to actually bring about effective change okay if i need to drive that change how am i expressing that and how am i really enabling that change through this conversation thank you so much for sharing that wonderful thought with us prachi but i'm coming to you so what would your advice be for change makers for organizations still sitting on the fence when it comes to driving queer inclusion at the workplace i would say jump the fence come over and get started <laughs> there is no good time to start it is now and it is today simple things a lot of wonderful things that prachi said about leadership accountability start with your leadership because it is important to get that business buy in because this is a business imperative so couple of quick things i would say there are a ton of documented business cases on lgbt inclusion and di generally so there is no lack of data point on the value to business if we talk specifically of india there are a lot of local examples to look at of business case in real life how things have really transformed very quick example like the png vix ad is still remembered after 7 8 years this because the content of the ad with gauri saman was so brilliant that does bring brand recall in real life you're seeing that happen are we seeing companies that are affirmatively reaching out and hiring lgbt talent are able to then organically attract more and more members from the community to apply to them directly and are able to reach out to wonderful talent which was earlier dismissed as oh lgbt we don't really know what kind of skills that people have right india inc has also become very agile and very quick in response like let's say with this covid situation there were a lot of companies that were looking at lgbt community support for vaccination drives food medicine supply mental health support all of that right uh, we're seeing job advertisements in newspaper for trans people in a place like bokaro by tata steel so i think those are some wonderful examples of business case in action or what things are doing so there are a lot of local examples for an organization to pick. like what can we do and as you said it's it is going to be different based on what kind of organization you have uh, where are you based where is the majority of your population based is it the shop floor is it manufacturing is it retail is it customer facing which part of the country you are based in all of that will go into bake your dni plan which would be unique for you and uh, it's important to bake that into what we do as an organization and assimilate dei into that this is not a completely different thing this is what an organization does any which way taking care of their people of their employees of the customers of, of all stakeholders and lgbt inclusion is just another aspect of that so start with leadership ensure that this is definitely not a dihr agenda this is something that the entire organization plays an active role in that's the only way to make this sustainable that's the only way to make it grow organically that's the only way where it becomes the way we work where you don't have to monitor where you don't have to call out people because it's literally common sense what we're discussing so much about is literally common sense like having every single person a fair opportunity right so it's not that difficult to understand but when you bring out the cases and like prachi said it's because a lot of misinformation because 
because a people in the previous generation and a lot in this generation also do not have access to lgbt people they don't know people from the community in their real life in their friend circle and the family i'm not saying that people are not there there are people it's just that they're not out to them so they're not aware about the lived realities of members of this community they don't see them as another person they could know they see still as a concept as an idea i think it's important that you engage there are a lot of resources to personally learn about the community so i think the first thing would be uh, educating yourself as an individual and there are a lot of resources there are coming out stories there are blogs there are members from the community figure out a way to learn about this in this age and time you cannot say that i don't know about this and there are no resources internet is loaded with content around lgbt inclusion and awareness so go ahead learn hear from all opinions and make your opinion about this right so because if you are going to be a change maker it's important that you educate yourself that's the first step then go goes about building that tribe that supports you because pushing this alone in an organization is going to be very difficult so building a community of people both inside and outside the company so they can help you keep the morale up connect you with the right resources help you with the right information so you can build your case right um third is about uh, while we talk measurement is difficult at times but it's important to have some metrics in your plan so you know how you're scaling year over year what are the value proposition what is the roi because at the end of the day organizations are here to make a product deliver a service and di is a way of work right so how does this support the original goal of the organization to make better products to reach out to targeted customers to make delightful products and services that's the goal right we're trying to hit here so how do you match your dei goals with the business case for the organization and then implement it in a way that supports and look at hiring look at supply diversity uh, look at education around pronouns look at gender neutral restroom look at supporting trans and non binary people transition to the workplace all are the various things to be done but stage it out what can we do in a year you can't do everything in a year so i think also it's important that you set reasonable goals there are some aspirational but also achievable so you're actually able to do something and slowly build it and sometimes we feel we get overwhelmed like oh my god this is so much of work but i think passion is something that can really bring a revolution in the world and i've seen multiple examples of individuals starting off and then how organizations have changed organizations are nothing but people and individuals can make a lot of difference through their passion so i think it's important to get started and for companies i would still say that measure year over year however even if you're getting started like for example when companies sign up for iv and they get a metric let's say they get a score where they're in bronze or they're pre bronze whichever way but that still gives you a metric year over year as you participate you know how you're progressing and you have a score to back that every year so you're getting a very clear line of sight of how we are progressing as an organization thank you for sharing that ram and as much as i'm enjoying this conversation and i do not want to put an end to this conversation in the interest of time what is that one thing that leaders really need to do today as they try to drive and enhance lgbt plus inclusion at the workplace the one thing is make the following four priorities if you really want dni to become you know center stage in your organization mm-hmm. one advocacy advocacy and allyship so advocacy so that your current people have such great experience about the environment inclusive environment of the organization that they really talk well about your organization from their heart outside and it becomes easier for other people to know about the company and come in come join in the other is allyship it is not just leaders responsibility to make an organization inclusive it is absolutely everyone the junior most person of an organization is equally important and play can play a significant role in being an ally 
So giving that understanding to people that you can make be an ally and make a significant difference. Third, leadership responsibility. Business leaders need to have their skin in the game. I can't say that enough. We can't just do it with one people, two people, or a team in HR. It has to be business leaders who are actually taking decisions on hiring. Last thing is external eminence. As Ram very clearly said that people want to work for organization, just not for money, but for many more things. People want to work for a meaningful job where they make a difference, where the environment is inclusive. So be externally eminent and inclusive and bold about what you feel about LGBTQ plus inclusion. What are your policies? Why should people be inclusive? So that's four priorities as one key message. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Prachi. Ram, coming to you, what is your one key takeaway from this conversation that you want our listeners to go back with? Three. One is start, get started. Wherever you are, just get started, which could be with self-education or organizational awareness, but get started. Second thing, build a plan. However limited, small, or you may not have all information, but still build a plan because if you don't have a plan, it's kind of everything falls apart. Uh, build allies, build a tribe that can help you accomplish that. And third is uh, measure. Whether it is number of people attending a sensitization training, number of trainings you did, number of resumes you got from LGBT talent, number of suppliers you're working from this community from, number of people using pronouns. There are millions of metric points that can be touched upon when we're looking at measuring LGBT inclusion. So measure whatever you can measure because that would really help you to feed back into your plan for the next year and then continue to build on that. Before I ask that question to you, I knew I shouldn't actually limit it to one because I myself have multiple takeaways from this conversation. Being bold allies and consciously helping individuals overcome years of conditioning, building a safe and inclusive ecosystem irrespective of the lack of all or representation. It's never about the number of people, but it's about your stand on inclusion as an employer. Lack of data should not be an excuse to delay inclusion, but should be the driver for identifying the right data sets needed to drive change. Leveraging existing data and industry benchmarks to review where you stand today, what you're missing, and evolve to build that inclusive ecosystem. Educate and drive accountability on a leadership level for effective change, and leverage a network of allies to drive action on the ground, be it policies, culture, infrastructure, and especially in everyday conversations among individuals. And last but not the least, the four pillars that you just shared with us, Prachi, advocacy, allyship, leadership, responsibility, and being bold about inclusion. And to conclude, Ram, what you said, measure those touch points and get started. With that, we've come to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for such a thought-provoking discussion, Prachi and Ram. It has been an absolute privilege hosting you. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you, Bhavna, and listening to you, Ram. Of course, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. This was really uh, engaging and insightful, uh, banking on IBM's history of work in this space. And Bhavna, your wonderful moderation of this, weaving it together so beautifully. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Ram. And thank you to all our listeners as well for joining us today. Stay tuned for more in this exclusive podcast series by People Matters in partnership with Pride Circle. We will see you next month with yet another exciting conversation. Have a great week ahead and take care.